On SENSA, welcome to The Sandful Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians, the Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. The 2023 Sandful Host Plus League heads into round two over the Easter weekend. Jared Walsh here and Sandful and SENSA have got together and said... I was almost losing my voice by speaking for so long last week and they said they need an expert, they need a current player, they need a premiership player, they need a Ken Farmer medalist and they need someone who sounds like they know what they're talking about. So, Dan Menzel, welcome to the Sandful Show. Well, she, what an introduction. It is great to be here with you and uh, just let you steer the ship and I'll uh, I'll come in with a little bit of insight hopefully throughout the year. It's a great time to be here. Um, I've had a little bit to do with you. I spoke to your brother after you managed to win the flag a few years ago going back to back and that was a great day. I spoke to Rory Lehman, who's part of the uh, SCNSA family and Eagles radio. He um, had his shirt on, which is a little bit surprising because <laughs> it's very unfamiliar but um, no it's really good to have a current player here because you, you keep your eye across everything that's going on with the Sandful so um, each episode not only are we going to do a review on the matches that were played over the weekend we'll speak to some key figures coaches players today for example we'll speak to uh, a three-time Ken Farmer medalist and premiership player with Glenelg Liam McBean so he's got two more than you so you've got a bit of work to do I do I've got uh, I didn't play around once so I've got some catching up to do but uh, Liam looks like he's in good shape too so he's going to be hard to beat again this year he's one of those guys as well Beanie I I feel that for you as an opposition player but you've done representative work with the state team Liam's one of those players that plays for another team but he's such a nice guy that you just have to love him and you can't dislike him am I accurate in saying that yeah it's spot on I think that I've been fortunate that I played state footy with Liam he was the captain last year and I think everyone who's part of that program knows that Beanie's so easy to get along with and you're right it's uh Fans might hate him, but as a player, when you know what he's like, he certainly can't. We are then also uh, going to speak with Paul Thomas, who is the coach of Centrals. And funnily enough, um, we're, we're speaking to players and coaches from teams that didn't win in round one. So that's awkward in itself. But you're going to be speaking on the radio with um, with Paul Thomas. Do I need to like organise a hug or anything, or you think it's going to be okay? Uh, we haven't had a lot of talk or a great deal of talk since we left. So, it, look, it might be good for our ratings. Yeah, we'll see how we go. <laughs> we will see how we go. We'll keep an eye on the Sandful W. You've got power rankings a little bit later on, um, which you can tell us all about. I wanted to speak with you, though, because you went to Cooper Stadium last Friday night in front of over 3,500 people where, uh, without sounding too disrespectful, I think you surprised a lot of fans of the Sandful. You may have surprised yourselves, but um, the reigning premiers who got to, show everybody in the parade um, what the premiership flag looked like and that was a brilliant win by 46 points what, what are some of your reflections as we have a look at the round just gone yeah it's uh it was a massive win for the eagles uh taking on norwood uh, at their home ground on a friday night is one of the hardest games in footy and to win in the fashion that we did was super impressive but there was no rory lamb and there's no riley light uh, riley knight sorry um riley collier dawkins uh he's one of our recruits didn't play as well my brother's coming off an acl uh and i didn't quite get up with my ankle so i think we we're pleased that we had such a different looking team and we had so many contributors across the park that uh, to to get a win, but to do it as convincing as that, I think it was a, a massive start for us. Riley Knight winning the best and fairest for the Eagles last season. Um, so it's pretty handy to be able to do that without him. Two of the players I wanted to ask you about, uh, first of all, James Rowe, who has had a couple of years in the AFL system after himself winning a, a Ken Farmer medal. Um, he comes back into the team. How's he going? I'm always fascinated by players that get delisted. And there's another one I'll speak about in a moment. But 
he's obviously picked up where he's left off. But have you have you noticed a a fitter James Rowe, someone who's got the the mental experience of being in a system? Because you certainly know what it's like. Yeah, he's certainly uh, he's wiser and smarter and more experienced from being in the AFL system. He's a tradie throughout the day and trains at night, which is obviously a challenge. But that's what happens at this level with a lot of guys and. Uh, to come out, he's going to play a fair bit more midfield this year, which he didn't do at AFL level, and he probably didn't do before he got drafted. So to have 26 touches, kick two goals, uh, he cramped really badly in the last one. He was celebrating a goal as well, which is which was a great watch for everyone in the stands. But he's been super for us. Um, he just wants to get to work. I think he likes the fact that he's not as much in the spotlight in the media. Um, his old man gets talked about enough, and there's plenty going on there. So... He actually likes coming back and just enjoying playing his footy and he's your, he's your old-style footballer that just wants to go out there and work. So you reckon that could have worked to a bit of a detriment? You, you get onto an AFL list, you've got a, a family who is also in the spotlight and now he gets to, I guess, refine his love for playing football, which it's another sign that AFL isn't all what it's cut out to be when it comes to what's seen from the outside is what looks like a protest is happening. That's going past um, studio Lumo here. They're just protesting the fact that um, they're the Norwood supporters, just protesting the fact that you won by 46 points. So um, yeah, sorry, back to my question. Back to your question. Uh, I think you're spot on. You nailed it with the word spotlight. Their family is in the spotlight. Jimmy is in the spotlight. And so to come back to this level where it feels like you go a little bit under the radar, it's certainly, I think James loves the fact that he, he has that now. Uh, it's a little bit more anonymous. And so he's able to just go to training, enjoy training and enjoy footy, which you touched on. It's it's not always what it cuts out to be an AFL player. It is incredible. You get paid well and the ups are brilliant, but the downs are also quite challenging. So Zane Williams is at the club again after spending what could be described as probably at most six months at Geelong at the Cattery. He gets taken in the mid-season draft last year and, um, he struggles to get a game for the Eagles before um, he gets taken by the Cats because Tyson Stengel in his, his position. Then he goes to Geelong and Tyson Stengel's in his <laughs> position. Now he comes back to the Eagles where thankfully James Rowe is playing a bit more in the midfield and then Zane kicks four goals. So um, for him, how, how's that been going for him? Because in my dealings with him, he said that he has a bit of a point to prove and he wasn't really happy with the way his exit occurred. Um, and he wanted to change the whole system where a mid-season draft should be about 18 months, which I agree with. Yep. How is he and how's his mentality? Yeah, look, Zane's one of the unluckiest players in footy. He uh, had a really good start to the year last year, got picked up in the mid-season draft, went to Geelong, the premiership team, where, as you mentioned, they got Tyson Stengler, they got close. There's Cameron, there's Hawkins, there's so many players in that forward line. It was almost impossible for him to crack into. And at the end of the year, when you win a premiership, you've got to delist players. And so he's just one of the unfortunate ones that's come out of contract. If he was at another AFL club, I still believe he would be there. So he's very unlucky, but it's a great attitude. He's come back. He just wants to perform and prove a few wrong and, and, and see where he goes. And he come out and kick four goals on Friday night. He looks so dynamic for us. He played a multitude of roles and, uh, I think Zane's in for a huge year and, and it's a credit to his attitude with that too. We will speak to Paul Thomas from Centrals about the match they played against South Adelaide. South winning by 26 points and then Lee McBean from the Bays will talk about Glenelg. Um, disappointingly, going down to the double blues by 31. North Adelaide are a really interesting story too. They had a, a pretty solid pre-season, a few internal trials against um, uh, Port Magpies was their, their last game that they played in those pre-season trials. And um, Jacob Surgeon has recruited heavily once again. They were a kick away from winning a grand final and 
they'll obviously want to get off to a really good start, which they did against Westies. Yeah, they were they were good again on the weekend without being super. They, their midfield is stacked. You talked about their recruits. Sam Mays hasn't even come into that yet. He's coming off an injury. But Campbell Coon, he he's just keeps rolling. He had 36 disposals. Aaron Young had 30 touches. Harrison Wiggs in there. And Keenan Ramsey off the, last, uh, off the back of last year, he kicked three goals. He started really well. So they're going to be as good as any side this year. They'll be happy to get the win. They kicked 10 goals, 19 against West Adelaide. So inaccurate kicking there. I think Westies will be pretty pleased with that too. They got a, they got lost a lot of experience in the offseason. So it'll be a real grind for them this season. In the preseason, I felt that because of the strength of the Port Adelaide Football Club or what I thought was the strength of the Port Adelaide Football Club and um, some of the younger players coming through for Adelaide is is going to push other players back into the Sandful side. So Adelaide destroyed Port Adelaide at Adelaide Oval, 78 points. And some of those players like Elliot Himmelberg, um, Harry Schonberg and Tariq Newchurch, they were the three leading goal kickers alongside Ned McHenry. I feel that those four players will spend a lot of this season in the Sandful side. Schonberg's probably an example of someone who might jump back in because he was best on ground. What can we make of Adelaide? It's it's a really interesting one. You never know what team you're going to get when you're coming up against Adelaide and Port Adelaide in the sample. And uh, Schoenberg's a great point. He had as good a game as anyone across the sample on the weekend and, and should get his opportunity back at AFL level as soon as this weekend. But there's a number of players. Matt Crouch is probably your most obvious one. What are they going to do with him? Is and he... I, saw, I thought he broke his leg. How quickly did he come back? Incredible. Like, I, I had to do a double take and yep. go, wait a sec. Is someone else wearing the number five? How is Matt Crouch playing? It is staggering that <laughs> yeah. he is back, and I thought the exact same thing. But you touched on the names there. Newchurch, Schoenberg, Crouch, a number of players that are they are going to be there. A lot of them will be there at the same time. So they are going to be a good side this year, Adelaide. Their top-ups last year were probably a little bit better than Port Adelaide's top-ups as well. And so it makes you think that they're going to be a strong team throughout. Mick got in there, wants to win week in, week out. They're developing, but they still want to win. So a really impressive performance from them. Port Adelaide, uh, it's going to be a challenge for them throughout this season. It certainly is. that They had so many debutantes in. Um, I, I was having a look at the Port Adelaide side where probably some of their best, Josh Sin, um, if the AFL side continues the way they're going, he'll get called into the side. Um, Jake Pacini, I think, is pretty solid in defense for them. Um, Dylan Coming Williams off an ACL was okay. as well, Jake. So yeah. really working his way back. Dylan Williams, great point as well. So there's some solid names there that might get their opportunity at some stage this year as well. Yeah, and um, Mitch Georgiatis, who presented well. I don't think he'd be very happy with his game because I think with... With the AFL side, it was his opportunity to kick a bag of goals and Port Adelaide were, were really disappointing at Adelaide Oval. All right, let's have a look at what you like. We're going to start off with a negative, though. What didn't you like about the weekend, Daniel Menzel? I'm going to start with Norwood here. And uh, look, they unfurled the flag at home. Uh, reigning premiers from last year. They just didn't quite look ready. Uh, and so that a lot of guys that looked underdone, their pace wasn't there. They didn't look the same team as last season. And one of the challenges, Walsh, and we're seeing it in the AFL at the moment with the Geelong Cats, is when you win a flag, when you reach the pinnacle, it is hard to back up the next year and go back to back. And there's a few reasons for this. One is you are the hunted next year. Every team wants to beat you. This is the reigning premiers we are playing this week. We need to be on. Another reason is you take liberties that you might not necessarily take. We've won the flag. We'll celebrate a little bit longer. We'll come back to preseason a little bit longer. Yeah, maybe I won't do that extra run. So they didn't look ready on Friday night. Now they have a six-day break this week going into Sturt. And Sturt is the team that I did like on the weekend. It is going to be a real challenge for Norwood to back up this week after what happened last week and change things. And I think it's going to take a bit of time. I'm going to tell you what I like. 
I like to have a look at the crowd numbers. Three and a half thousand at Norwood, um, almost fifteen hundred at Norlunga, three and a half thousand at Unley, over two and a half thousand at Prospect. It, it continues. Um, fans coming out to support local footy. I know that's a really big focus from Sample this year too, to make sure that the fans are engaged. They want match day experience, but this weekend that we will preview a little bit later on, there's no reason not to go out and support local footy where we get to see um, not only a place where young superstars are getting uh, opportunity, you just need to look at someone like Isaac Rankin, who played incredibly over the weekend for Adelaide. It was only a few years ago. He was running like running in the halftime sprint at the Sanford Grand Final as a member of Westies. Like you see, we are seeing the future of Australian football in their own backyard in our Sanford clubs. And I love the fans turning up. Yeah, it was great to see so many fans there on the weekend at all the games and across all the games. And uh, you talked about uh, Wigan. I will stir. I-, I called that game for SEN and it was a p- terrific crowd there. And the thing that I really liked about that game was the Sturt midfield. Now, they've got Paddy Wilson, who played really well. Three goals, 28 touches. Battersby in there had 30 disposals. And Tom Lewis had 20 touches and 15 tackles. Their midfield is what I really liked. And they they are so dependent on that midfield. And it's predicated on health. Paddy Wilson, unfortunately, hasn't had a good run on it with injuries. Tom Lewis was injured last year as well. Do you think that's why uh, Paddy Wilson probably hasn't had an extended time at the level above because he continues to dominate Sandful. He certainly does. I think it's a combination. I think there's some players and particularly midfielders that are guns at Sandful level, but just that pace might be just that little bit more elevated for them at AFL level and they struggle to find their role because also when you're an inside mid, you're competing against Marcus Bontempelli. You're mm. competing against the best mids in the league. It's not like you can go outside to a wing where there's a Butters or someone else who can run all day. So, it, it is a challenge for those guys, and I think that's one thing. But the other thing is his shoulders haven't held up for a long time. And so if he can have a good injury for a year, he, he was leading the McGarry at the start of last year. He'll have three votes after the weekend. He'll be massive for Sturt. And again, I said it, their midfield and Sturt's hopes, it's predicated on the health of their midfield. All right. Now, uh, before we take a bit of a breather and head to have a chat with Paul Thomas, um, you are listening to The Sandful Show on SENSA. Let's have a look at The Sandful W. Putting a spotlight on the Sandful W, uh, it is getting pretty heated at the top of the table with the Panthers leading the way uh, with 10 points at the moment with 5-1 and one, um, and the Bays 4-2. and two. But it, it's so close on the Sandful ladder. Um, South are at the top. Uh, look, look. let's be honest, they look like their favourites already going into your team. What's going on with your women's team, Dan? Because they're sitting at the bottom of the ladder. Yeah, look, it's been a struggle this year for the Woodverse Torrance the women's team. They lost by 10 goals, unfortunately, on the weekend. A lot of players coming in and going out, and uh, the AFLW players as well come back, do make a difference, but no excuses there. They, they need to be a bit better. They're getting blown out in games uh, too much this year. But I like that you touched on south of the top of the ladder. Mm. Now, they took on Glenelg on the weekend. It was a top-of-the-table clash, and... What a finish it was as well. Lily Baxter kicked a goal with less than two minutes remaining to put South Adelaide up by a point. They held on by a point. So they go to outright top. Glenelg now in second. The surprise this year has been Central Districts. They are four and two. They uh, they came from outside the four. They had a massive win over North Adelaide last year. 
uh, who won the premiership last year. Sorry, they beat him by five points on the weekend. So Accurate kicking too. So they kick seven one to five eight. Yeah. Exactly right, yeah. and it, it makes a huge difference in footy. And so centrals are looking good at the moment to make the top four. It is tight. It is jam packed in there, and there's a number of teams that can make it. Sturt, who are currently fourth on, at the moment, they won by ten goals on the weekend. Yeah. So they're looking good as well. So there's a number of teams that can make the top four in the sample W competition, and that's just elevating. The more that the AFLW competition is getting better, the players are coming back as well. That's with, a great thing to see the players is coming back so that, that that gets them match fit and match ready for their pre-season but they're choosing to go back and playing this league as well. Um, that is brilliant. Speaking of Centrals who got that win over the reigning premiers in North Adelaide we're going to turn our attention to the men's team who want to make amends against North Adelaide this weekend as well. Next we will chat with their head coach Paul Thomas on the Sample Show. On SENSA welcome to the Sample Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians, the Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. Jared Walsh and Dan Menzel for your Sandful show. The 2023 Sandful Host Plus League moves into round two. And I'll be honest with you, men's, I'm a little bit nervous about this chat because not only did Centrals go down to South over the weekend, but I'm not really sure about your relationship with um, what is about <laughs> to happen here. So the head coach of the Doggies, Paul Thomas, joins us. Paul, thanks for your time. Men's, um, is everything okay here? Am I, are we allowed to speak? Yeah, there's plenty of years down the track now. We're all good. Okay, thanks for your time, Paul. It's all good. Uh, what are some of your takeaways from the match on the weekend? Uh, oh, probably just for our guys, it was a little bit um, what happened in the, in the air. Um, uh, contest sort of Sam Skinner and Keegan Brooksby sort of in the ruck and Sam behind the ball. Uh, we lost the Claverino as well. We just couldn't quite get it to ground um, often enough to keep field position or win field position back. You talked about Brooksby and Skinner there uh, having that impact on the game. Billy McCormack, unfortunately, the one-week suspension this week. So, question for you, Tomo, is how are we going to negate Mitch Harvey in the ruck this week? Uh, there's a bloke with Jesse White that goes pretty well for them who's rucking also. So, we'll um, yeah, we, we've recruited uh, for that. Last year, we lost Bill with um, an injury and, and probably fell a little bit short in the, in the ruck space, but um, yeah, we're well prepared and, and organised as a footy club for that. Um, Miss Bill, which just gives an opportunity to a few others. Now, you had six debutants last week. A uh, couple of guys that you've recruited come in, played really good roles for you. How did you see the games of them? And obviously the development and the cohesion would take a little bit of time. Oh, well, the cohesion was pretty good in our trial games, mate. So um, that's probably most disappointing. That was missing on... Um, Saturday, uh, regardless of six debutants or whatnot, they're a really connected group of guys. They enjoy each other's company. Um, they're a fantastic group of young men, um, and no doubt it'll come together. But um, yeah, the cohesion part there—it's just a matter of unlocking it uh, consistently. Hey, Paul, what can you tell us about the Lakoiak boys? They're, they've all made their way over to the Doggies from the Double Blues um, and were, were brilliant in the reserves back in uh, 2022. For the fans listening about what they're excited to see about them, what can you tell us? Yeah, so McCall is a um, defender, um, had a really good summer, um, gelled really well with the, the group. Um, boys love him and he loves, loves the boys. Anzac and Jacob, similar, had a bit of an interrupted pre-season. Um, Anzac just caught a, a thumb that we just couldn't quite get right, which took him took him um, out of the ball drills. He can still run and do lots of things, which is not the greatest part of pre-season. Um, and Jacob had a bit of an um, interrupted summer as well with a few little niggly things. There was a, 
Um, but they're all up and going at the moment. Um, uh, the boys bring a level of competitiveness, um, an edge around the ball. Um, Jacob's got um, and Anzac are both forwards with some talent. Um, that we'll look to um, harness over the course of the season. I love reading some of your thoughts about Jez McLennan makes his way into the leadership group as a 22-year-old. So uh, we know what can occur on the field, but but off the field, to have someone that young as part of your leadership group, um, how important is for the rest of the boys to surround themselves with someone like that, who obviously offers a lot when it comes to, to leadership, mentality and preparation for, for matches. Yeah, that's right. Um, Jed, we've got a wealth of experience that some of our guys haven't um, had in terms of training himself with um, AFL-listed players. So to get Jed back, he's been really good with that. Um, Louis, his brother, he's had a, a bit of a horror run. Uh, he's come back to South Australia with Jed, so it's a good little family thing for those two to, to connect back with the Bulldogs. Two fellows who have been outstanding um, in terms of connecting to the group, connecting to the um, club. Um, and, yeah, Jez's experience, um, no doubt, will hold others in good stead. Just his ability to uh, work on little things in his game uh, is dragging others along to work on things in their game. Now, Tomo, Justin Hoskin, really good on the weekend, had 26 disposals. Uh, he's played a various uh, amount of roles for you guys over the last couple of years. Where do you see his best position? Uh, Justin's a... Well, he's a fantastic leader for us and he'll, he'll probably um, play in a multitude of positions at the moment it's a, it's as a defender. Um, he's quite, quite calm and composed when he gets the ball and um, has a calming influence on those ahead of him as well, talking to our, our midfield. Um, but we know that he's, he's got a skill set that we can you know, rely on and call upon in uh, various situations. Speaking of the midfield, you take on North Adelaide this week who has Campbell Coombe, Aaron Young, Harrison Wigan, number of players running through there. How do you match up against the, arguably the best midfield in the competition? Oh, that's where the game most often is won or lost, mate, isn't it, seeing the midfield? Um, yeah, like I said, we're pretty organised as a group. And we felt, although we lost the hitouts, we were quite organised at the ground level on the weekend. Um, probably just got slipped a couple times with some balance issues. Um, where South got through us, so we'll just look to make sure that we're balanced and, and can get at the hunt ourselves. Um, Manny Liddy was likely to, well, not likely, Manny Liddy will come in and play after missing one game with suspension and um, a few other boys around there as well would be uh, really good from, from learning from, you know, playing against Bryce Gibbs and Mitch O'Neill and uh, Ollie Davis and, and, a, and a reasonable midfield in South Adelaide as well. You get to head back to ex-convenience oval in Elizabeth for round two of the Host Plus Sandful League taking on North Adelaide. Uh, Paul Thomas, thank you so much for your time on the Sandful Show. Hey, no drama. Good to speak with the head coach of the Doggies, uh, Dan Menzel. When do you guys play Central? <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, it's not until about mid-year. It's, a, it's a, one of the later games. Um, it's always... Was that Frosty? Yeah, it was. Um, which, uh, look, it's been, what, three years now since Troy and myself left. Um, we have won a premiership since then, which obviously hasn't gone down that well. But, um, look, it definitely was. Uh, Paul came in. When we uh, were a part of the group, I was actually on the coaching panel at the time and then things changed at Centrals and a lot of change had to be made and uh, and it's start, it's, it is starting to happen. And I think Greg Edwards off-field is doing a great job at that footy club. Well, yes. And I also feel like in, in your defence a little bit, um, I'm, I'm certainly not part of the, the inner workings of Sandful clubs, but but players move clubs all the time. It's part of It's part of sport now. I mean, I wouldn't see that, Glenelg would be too disappointed that, that Jesse White's made his way to North Adelaide and things like that. And I understand that it's how you 
how you handle yourself when you leave a club, which is completely up to you and your brother, whatever you did. Again, I'm not part of that, but that felt frosty. Yeah, it, it definitely was. And um, let's call it for what it is. And you're right. Like Brett Turner leaves West Adelaide and I had a chat with him about when he left to go to Glenelg. And he said, yeah, I'll cop it from the fans a little bit, which you expect. And I expect to cop it from the Central's fans. Absolutely no worries uh, there at all. But in terms of the club, it, it happens all the time. Um, and so... It's an interesting one. It's still uh, obviously a point that uh, that hurts a little bit. It's still three years down the track. I, I noticed it was frosty when he didn't laugh when I said it could be an awkward chat with you, and I thought, oh, my goodness. <laughs> but you know what? This is this is sport. I thought you handled yourself very well, men. So we're going to take a breather on the Sandful Show on SENSA. On SENSA, welcome to the Sandful Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians, the Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. Jared Walsh and Dan Menzel here as we are preparing to head into round two of the Host Plus Sandful League. And men's, it's, uh, well, I'm, I'm a bit intimidated at the moment because uh, we're going to be speaking to another Ken Farmer medalist. And uh, I've not won any medals in my life. Actually, I've got a trophy in here. Just hold on a second. I've got a trophy. Oh, he's brought props. Yeah, yeah. I've got a prop, which is my um, Grange Rolls Hockey Club Masters Best and Fairest. So that's for over 35s. Huge. That's the only thing I've ever won, but um, we're about to speak to a premiership player from the Bays and, of course, a Ken Farmer medalist, Glenelg, looking to make amends for what happened against the Double Blues over the weekend. Liam McBean, thanks for joining us on SENSA. How are you in preparations for round two? Very good. Um, yeah, very excited for the week ahead. One of the, one of the names which which stands out for me and I think is one of the names which has been spoken about in the off-season is Brett Turner, who had um, a decent game, managed to kick a goal and featured in, in your best. How's he going? Because there's there's a handful of players um, like Brett who make their way back into the sandfall after an experience on an AFL list where um, you can potentially have a chip on your shoulder and be out to prove a point. So is that something that's driving him this year? Look, I think the experience... Uh, that unfolded for Brett last year was no doubt unfortunate. and um, But I think he's come back with a really good attitude. His pre-season's been pretty flawless so far. Um, I don't know if it's a point to prove to anyone other than himself and, and probably to Glenelg as well that he's coming back to contribute to, obviously, our team's success. So, um, you know, all the other stuff is, is pretty well, you know, noise at this stage now. I think it's it's been and gone. And um, Brett obviously played, played well on the weekend. I still think he's got another level to find. Um, over the coming weeks, I think he's really starting to come back into his own, um, which I think is a really scary proposition for other teams moving forward. So, um, no, I'm really proud of how he's handled things so far. Um, but, yeah, I think there's certainly bigger and better things ahead for Brett. So the, the crowd as well was was really impressive. I feel that this is a, a big year for the Sandful in general. I mean, over 3,000 at Unley. We have a look at some of the other games for Northwest. There was over 2,500. Um, the the Sandful showdown's probably an anomaly because it was at Adelaide Oval. But, but crowds are turning out. So when you get the opportunity to play at home, how much does that crowd give you the energy? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I mean, we're very lucky with... The Glenelg fans, they do travel. And no matter where we play, they always show up, which we're very grateful for. And um, the first two games of the year in particular for us, we've got Sturt and then Port, which are two of our long-standing rivals. So um, it is great. I think a lot of clubs are going for a tremendous amount of effort to make the Sandful um, game day experience you know, even better for fans. Um, I know the Glenelg Footy Club in particular is doing a power work in that space. So, um, yeah, I think that'll ultimately, you know, that sort of effort will really results in, um, you know, hopefully a, a bigger turnout 
um, longer term. So, um, yeah, I think we're in a really good place. I think the, the competition's obviously really well supported, and you see that on the, on the weekend just gone, and looking forward to seeing more play, uh, fans turn out again this weekend. No doubt they will down at Glenelg Friday at 4.40, that game against Port Adelaide. Uh, now, Darren Reeves came in late to the piece in the preseason as the head coach. It probably would have been hard to implement uh, a lot into the team with only a couple of months, but what, what have you seen from him so far in terms of game style? So game style-wise, he's got a really modern-day look on, on footy. Um, so I think realistically, a lot of areas that we're looking to tidy up, we were heavily scored against on turnover last year, so He's come in and made that a real focal point and how we can um, obviously reduce that number. And, and obviously, like every team at the moment, we're trying to uh, keep the ball in our front half for as long as possible and, and have the right um, you know the right players in that mix that can really apply some strong defensive pressure to allow that to happen. So I think realistically, a lot of teams are trying to do the same thing. It's just how well they fundamentally can, can, can execute it on the day. Um, so we've been doing a lot of scenario-based uh, work at training, which I, you know, I think will really pay off longer term for us. But... Um, all in all, he's got a really, really good outlook on footy. He's a really good human as well. He's a good person. So, um, yeah, we're really wrapped with what he's brought to the footy club so far. The reserves get a win on the weekend. Who can we look forward to seeing as some of the, the younger guys coming through? I think it's a really exciting time, especially at the start of a season where some of the younger kids get an opportunity um, in the, the early months of the year to show what they can do. So some of the younger kids, um, and you're facing a side in Port Adelaide who I think had about seven debutants when they played against Adelaide at Adelaide Oval. So, for you guys, who are the names that we can look out for? Actually, we're really blessed at the moment. We've got a really, really hungry group of um, players that are playing the reserves and a mix, mixture of age levels, really. Um, at the moment, there's a few that I would be keeping an eye on. We've got a couple of really good developing key forwards in Austin Kitschke and, and Mac Miller as well. Um, through the midfield, Brady Searle's really putting the best foot forward. Uh, Cole Gerloff will be another one that'll see some senior pretty soon. And, um, Maddie Coulthard as well. So there's a few names. I'm probably missing a few as well. But we've got a really, really strong um, and deep list this year. So um, I'm really looking forward to them putting a lot of pressure on these senior players and, um, and pushing for a game. So, no, we're, we're certainly in a really good position. And, uh, Beanie, I want to ask you about Cam McGree. He made his debut on the weekend for you guys in the Ruck. It's obviously has allowed you to play more in the forward line and not have to take on those duties as much. How did you make his first-round performance? And um, and you're happy being more in the forward line than as the number one ruck? Yeah, we're all really, really impressed with what Cam's brought since he's turned up in pre-season. He, he came back in really, really good shape and really hungry. Um, and I think just having that number one ruck, ruck spot for him, having the confidence pumped into him that he was... Um, you know, capable of playing at the level and pl- capable of playing at a high degree. Um, and on the weekend, he really showed that. I think he was just highly competitive in there. Um, and we just need, you know, obviously from a, a Rucks perspective, you just want someone that really creates a strong contest around the ground, gives our mids, um, you know, predictability in there as well. So he'll be, I'm really looking forward to his future at the, at the club. And the weekend was a fantastic start. So, um, yeah, ultimately being really impressed. And, and from my standpoint, um, yeah, I'm certainly enjoying a little bit more of that predictability playing that role down the forward line. Um, it certainly allows myself and Luke uh, and Lockie Hosey to, to get to work down there. But, um, yeah, I mean, whatever's, whatever's needed, I think Cam will sometimes end up down the forward line too. And he showed on the weekend that he can get forward and kick goals too. So it's certainly a good weapon to have. That he did. And you touched on Lockie Hosey and Luke Reynolds. Uh, Hosey was up the ground a bit more on the weekend, but then also spent time deep. How do you work out... Out of the three of you, who is the one who's going to spend time a bit deeper? Who's going to be starting in the goal square? It's arguably the best forward line in the comp. How does that come about? 
Yeah, I think it's all about, for us, it's about how selfless we can be for each other. And identifying who's probably got the best matchup on the day will really dictate how we position. I think when we're playing our best footy, we really separate from each other really well and allow ourselves to have one-on-ones. Um, I think where we found a gap on the weekend, it's something we're just going to continually have to work through is, is just giving ourselves a bit more separation. I think there's a couple of times I crashed into Luke and probably Lockie crashed into Luke or Luke crashed into Lockie. So it's just finding that balance of um, when you feel like you've got a good look at uh, a one-on-one inside 50 and, and when you've got to sort of hold out space. But we've been playing a lot of footy together for a number of years and um, certainly know that that stuff can take time from, I suppose, the starting the start of the season. So, um, but yeah, like I mentioned, I think it's the, the ability to be selfless and, uh, and sacrifice for each other allows us all to get involved in the game. And, you know, once... Once one's really on fire, it's about trying to isolate them as much as possible. It's a really big occasion on, on Good Friday at Stratorama Stadium. And, uh, first of all, Liam, what is Stratorama, please? Because it's really <laughs> difficult to say. Can you explain what that is? Are you informed? Yeah, they are. So, yeah, so they're <laughs> a um, start a community organisation. They've actually invested a hell of a lot in the footy club by signing a 10-year deal uh, to be our naming rights partner. So it's a massive landmark you know, deal for the footy club. Um, obviously, ACH Group have been a part of that journey now for a couple of years. So um, it was great to have them as part of the journey. But um, yeah, thank you to Strata Raman now for taking over that for the next 10 years. You'll see it plastered up around the ground. Um, but yeah, you're right. It'll be a really exciting day. We're, we're, we're very pumped to play against Port. Hopefully get our season going by getting a win. Um, but yeah, looking forward to seeing all the base right, Okay, so I said it wrong. It's Strata Rama. So you, I'm glad you corrected me. And look, you're not from South Australia. You've been here long enough. But is this something that is built up amongst the base to hate Port Adelaide and to, to realise the significance of playing them at home. Good Friday aside, I mean, they, this is a traditional rivalry where beating Port Adelaide, no matter how they're going in the Sandful season, it's a, it's a big thing for your club. Yeah, it is. I probably didn't realise it until we played against them in the grand final um, you know, three or four years ago, um, just how much that rivalry was built up. Um, so, yeah, it's always a special occasion, I think. Playing Good Friday is such a, it's, it's such an amazing thing for a sample club in terms of getting um, you know, a wealth of support there. Um, you know, obviously, it starts off before a long weekend, and we typically get a really good show out from the crowd, um, from Glenelg fans in particular. But you know, obviously, this year we'll have the Port fans that will travel as well to come down to the Bay to watch the game. So um, I think you know, rivalries, I know there's obviously a lot of history behind Glenelg v Port, but for us, it's just another game, another opportunity to make sure we can get our season off to a really good start and start, you know, putting together a really strong brand of footy to, to build on uh, throughout the season. Well, we appreciate your time on the Sandful Show. Good luck this weekend. Have an enjoyable Easter. Are you allowed to eat Easter eggs after a win or you can eat them no matter what? Oh, look, I, um, I'm a bit renowned for being um, a little bit average on the snack front. So I think there will be a few Easter eggs getting around the household across the weekend. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that for sure. Kicking snags and eating Easter eggs. We love that. Lima Bean, thanks for your time on SENSA. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. On SENSA, welcome to The Sandful Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians, the Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. Certainly is warming up, heading to a massive Easter Thursday and Good Friday too. Uh, Jared Walsh and Dan Menzel here. Let's get into something a little bit different. I'm looking forward to hearing what you got, men. I 
I'm a big fan of the Power Rangers, and um, I can tell the person that's created all of this music has just been up all night, just putting music <laughs> stings in here, and we are fine with it. What's going on with your power rankings? Yeah, so let's jump into the power rankings, and at 10, I'm going to start with West Adelaide. Now, I feel for West Adelaide, but they've won the last four wooden spoons. So until they show me something else where they are competing with teams and beating teams, I can't put them higher than that. Adam Hartlett has just welcomed a new child into the world, and you are putting him and his team 10th in the power rankings. I love Hearts, and I think he'll understand that. Mm, um, let's I don't put, know. Let's take the pressure off him, and uh, and then they'll surprise a few. Okay. We go to nine. I've got Port Adelaide at nine. Now, they were outclassed, absolutely smashed by Adelaide on the weekend at Adelaide Oval. They're going to battle with inconsistency all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to be just a little bit ahead of West Adelaide, but um, they could be the top team one week and then lose to the bottom team the next. I noticed, and I don't know if it was strategic at Adelaide Oval, Tyson Goldsack placed a drink bottle in front of the in-coach's box camera. So when it cut to him on broadcast, you couldn't see him. There was a drink bottle there. So maybe it was on purpose. Huge experience, that is. Yep. I know. Uh, see, I'm, I'm great. I'm, I'm really observant with that stuff. Sorry, men's Continue. Power rankings. At number eight, he won't like it. We just interviewed him before, but I've got Central District. Oh, God. That's uh, number eight. So hopefully Tomo's okay with that. No comment. Um, look, South Adelaide outclassed them on the weekend. They had 22 scoring shots to only 11. So the, the margin could have been much greater than what it was. Uh, they need to win games. They need to show some development moving forward before they get put higher in the power rankings. And number seven, uh, I, I'm going to go with them for their performance on the weekend. And I am a little bit concerned. I love their coach and I think he can turn it around. But I've got Norwood at number seven. I just okay. think they struggled on the weekend. I think it's harder to put them higher than that, isn't it? I, I think so. They'd be really disappointed with how they performed. But equally, um, it's also the opposition you're playing against and you, you guys played really well. Yep. So at number six, uh, I've gone with the last remaining team to lose on the weekend. That's Glenelg. I still am high on Glenelg. Any team that's got Hosey, Reynolds and McBain in their forward half uh, should win a lot of games and score score really well. So I've got them at number six. I'm interested to see what happens this week. They take on Port Adelaide at home. I think they'll pile on a pretty big score. Mm-hmm. At number five, we've gone with South Adelaide. So South, they beat Centrals on the weekend. It was reason, reasonably convincing, but they didn't make finals last year. So they take on Eagles this weekend. So yep. that will be the real test for both of those clubs to see where they're at. At home too. Which is a massive, yeah. massive result there. At number four, I've got Sturt. They beat Glenelg really super impressive. And you talked about at home there for South. Sturt at home are very hard to beat. Mm-hmm. So it will be intriguing to see how they go. They go to Norwood Oval on Thursday night this week to take on Norwood. So if they can get the job done away from home, I'll be much more bullish on the double blues moving forward. At number three, I've got the Eagles. They were super impressive. I thought you were going to put them number one, I'll be honest with you. No. Would have been weird. I, I, I'm going to just... <laughs> You're being humble. Temper expectations at the moment. I, it was super impressive with, with a lot of names out on the weekend against Norwood, who maybe, like I said, were a little bit underdone. But um, to keep them to 45 points, Jade Sheedy will be wrapped with the d- team defense on the weekend. They come in at number three. At number two, this team is going to be thereabouts all year. It is North Adelaide. Now, they kicked 10-19 on the weekend. That's probably the concern they have is that they didn't finish their work. They should have won by a fair bit more over West Adelaide. But with the names we mentioned before, Walshie, Campbell Coombe, Ramsey, Young, Wig, and then you're going to add Sam Mays to that yeah. midfield. It's going to be an elite team all season long. And at number one, it is the Adelaide Crows Footy Club. Ooh, they okay. did all that they could in round one, albeit against Port Adelaide, but they won by 80 points. If Schoenberg, Crouch... Uh, and other guys, Himmelberg might stay in there. Himmelberg stay in that team. They are going to be as hard as anyone to beat in this competition. 
And I think it's every right they get the number one seed in the power rankings. They also take on West Adelaide this weekend, so they'll be confident to go even further clear on top. So it's top versus bottom in your power rankings this weekend. It is. Okay, let's get into your tips before we wrap up. Footy tips don't improve my life one bit, and so I wonder why I do it. What is the benefit? I would say it makes my life worse. Thanks for making an appearance there. Kane Corns. Okay, just give me your winners here, Dan Menzel. Thursday night, Norwood Sturt. I've got Sturt, Ben Duke. Too good here. Friday, West versus Adelaide. Adelaide comfortably. Central's North. North Adelaide comfortably. South Eagles. I'm going to go with the Eagles. You have to do that. But, yeah, it'd be weird if you said we can't win this one because then we'd look at some deal that you have with the other side. (laughs) Um, And Glenelg Port. I think Glenelg will bounce back in a big way. This has been the Sandful Show. We appreciate you listening. You can always listen via the podcast to the 2023 Sandful Host Plus League. Round two kicks off tomorrow night. Men's, it's been a pleasure. Good luck this weekend. We'll catch you next week.